Next up on the program, the author and social critic Anne Mann on care. Is it the final frontier of feminism? First wave feminism wanted women to have the vote. Second wave feminism wanted women to advance in the workplace. Are we on the crest of a new wave where we equally value care and what's been called women's work? Let's call it the shadow care economy. So we hear lots of things about how the economy is doing well or more usually doing badly or how there's too much debt. But supporting that visible economy with the dollars and cents and jobs is an invisible shadow care economy. And it is mainly staffed by women. Women are involved in that shadow care economy in two ways. One is unpaid care work, which dramatically alters their life course and particularly affects them around the time of retirement. The over 55s group of women amongst the fastest growing group of homeless. Isn't that shocking? Absolutely shocking. It is because they've been devoting their life to unpaid care work and often very essential work that has helped others around them to flourish. It might be elder care, it might be childcare, caring for someone with a disability. But there's also a poorly paid but waged part of the visible economy. So this is the caring industries, is that what you mean? Yes, so that you've got workers in aged care, you have workers in childcare. These are very important and growing service sectors. In fact, they have a much larger chunk of the economy than, say, agriculture, and they have increasingly outdone retail. So there's not only unpaid work which disadvantages women, it's poorly paid service industry work. So if it's such a critical sector of our economy, it supports all the work that is done. Why is it so ignored? Why does care get short shrift from lots of people? It's not just people in the workplace. You, you might have said in the past, and that feminism has often had a difficult relationship with care. Yes, well, understandably, the first emphasis of the second wave women's movement was on gaining access to equal pay, gaining access to the workplace, gaining access to equal opportunity, gaining access to paid employment. And then we still have encounters with glass ceilings, misogyny, sexual harassment. We have lots of barriers to women's advancement in the workplace. And we have something which is a kind of almost invisible caste system where someone is simply downgraded on the basis of their gender. So it's harder to get ahead. But at the same time, we lurched into the neoliberal economy, where there was much more emphasis on the market. It was much more emphasis on paying your way in life. That was actually caught in Scott Morrison's remarks when he said, you have to have a go to get a go, Mm. meaning you have to be in paid work to get to go from the Australian community or perhaps have benefits come back to you in the form of an age pension and so on. It's hard to know exactly what he meant, but it was getting people off welfare and paying for themselves. Mm, Pay your way, basically. So, yeah, and it's an attitude that doesn't really take account for the fact that so many people are actually doing their best to contribute both to the paid economy, but in those low-wage service sectors, it's very difficult to get a house. That's why we have so many people who, when they're older, have a difficulty with obtaining housing, why they might be homeless, or they've taken time out in a very important unpaid care sector to raise children and then go back at a lower level of seniority or have part-time work, which again is very beneficial for those around them. But if there's a divorce, 
if someone dies, if they're encountering later housing difficulty, uh, it's very hard for them to get out of it. It's hard for them to get a job once they're over 55 and female. For all of those barriers that we need to excavate and look at and really take seriously. And I think that's why care and care feminism is coming to the fore of late. And we need to kind of put all that together and say there is a shadow care economy that is in crisis. There's a care deficit of the most serious kind that is really damaging human beings. So we need to step back, if you like, and take a much broader view than just thinking, oh, dear, there's a Royal Commission into what's happening with disability or a Royal Commission into what's happening in aged care, now one in childcare. We actually have to see that these are all connected. Mm, They aren't discrete kind of things. And I agree. I think you have been that voice crying in the wilderness, Anne, but now's your time. Um, Can I ask you then, let's talk about COVID, right? Because Sam Mostyn, a few years ago in 2021, she addressed the National Press Club. She's also the chief executive of Women. And she says it's time to put care at the centre of the Australian economy. She says that we need to invest in care just as we would our highways or any other piece of critical infrastructure. So it seems as though COVID has shaken things up because, you know, all those caring professions like nurses, teachers and so on, they're all in meltdown now because they've been coping with the extra load, right, because of COVID. And the women are exhausted. I mean, I'm exhausted right, from homeschooling yeah. and lockdown. Do you think COVID is going to change things for good or is it just a blip? I think it has shifted things somewhat. I'm less hopeful now that it's as significant a change as I was when they, for example, started doing that clap for carers in London and Mm. then there was the caring majority in New York working as activists for low-paid care workers and so on. However, I think the speech that Sam Austin made is a sign of a moral quickening in this area where people are starting to understand. You know, the way I put it is, if you just look at the two words, care, feminism. Care, well, that's clear enough. Many people have to go into aged care. They maybe develop a disability. There's some part of their life they're sick or vulnerable or they have to care for vulnerable others. So care is going to impinge upon all of us. But if we live in a society which tries to what I'd call, to borrow a term from economics, free ride on women's care labour, then we have a major problem with justice. And the other word in care feminism is feminism. So feminism has always been a movement about justice for women. And I think the way things are in such crisis in so many areas that impinge upon women, there is now a recognition that we need another push in feminism but concentrating particularly on this area. You can't go into the workforce unless you have reasonable childcare Mm. with small children. You can't have a continuation of a working life if you have to go out of the working life and look after someone with dementia because there are no decent nursing homes and so on. So it impinges on women in terms of replacing their care, but it also impinges on them in terms of just how much unpaid care work they're doing. You mentioned, for example, homeschooling. And during COVID, there's tremendous pressure on women to continue to do it all. And it was extremely difficult to add to what was a very large load anyhow. So I think all those questions are coming to the fore now. So this is going to be an extraordinarily fast-growing sector of the economy. 
So at the moment, we have a dreadful situation in aged care. The Royal Commission explored it very well, but the solutions are not really easy to find because there aren't enough care workers and you ask why. The conditions are really difficult. The pay is too poor, so people move in and out and they're often casual positions. So there's not nearly enough staff and that meets the conditions of those who remain are very difficult indeed. We also have then the plight of the people who are cared for. We can never forget those. So we've had terrible things that we now know about that happens in nursing homes. And that's simply a lack of investment in the home. I think it's also related to for-profit aged care. It's a model that is based on sort of strange transition from where we used to get free labour from women in families to now paying for some of that labour, but we're not really willing to be paying for what it's really worth. I mean, it's a tremendously skilled job to look after someone with dementia and it's an incredibly skilled job to look after someone who's a baby or two or three years old. It is often women who pick up the slack and continue to do more than their lion's share of unpaid work. I love what you're saying, Anne, but I also hear my accountant dad in my head saying, (laughs) how are we going to pay for this then? Right? You need people to work so that there is income even to pay a not so great wage to the ones doing the caring work. Is it a supply demand issue? There's there's more women out there who are willing to do the work. And so we can compensate you a little bit for it. But really, come on, ladies, this is the real work over here. My dad was not like this, but <laughs> just for argument's sake, you know. What Sam Moston was saying, we choose to invest in infrastructure. We choose to invest in roads and airports and we choose to invest in various forms of business, and that's true. So we need to get out of the old patriarchal mindset and realise we need to invest and invest properly. The thing I'd say to someone who says, oh, we can't afford it, is to ask them a simple question. What kind of aged care do you want to go into? (laughs) Do you want, as my mother is um, now 98 and she's in a nursing home, and some of the care staff, or most of the care staff are absolutely wonderful, but there are not enough of them. Now, that's a structural problem. There was on one occasion, there were two carers for 40 residents at a time of medication and putting them to bed. Now, that wouldn't be a a strange story in a regional area. And it's very hard to attract new staff when you have low wages. So it goes around in circles. But the, you know, essential issue is the care you want for yourself is the care that you should defend and fight for for other people. And the care you're prepared to accept for someone in an aged care centre, you know, it is at the moment unconscionable. Can I ask you, you mentioned before the universal caregiver. Tell me more about that because it sounds like you are saying we need a new vision of the human. Well, thank you for putting that so well, Justine. (laughs) That's exactly right. So I would say under neoliberalism, there's been an idea of the universal breadwinner state. Now, I'm all for everyone having a job, having the satisfaction of a career, the enjoyment of contributing in some way by paid employment and the independence which comes with it. The sense that there was a punitive element to the universal breadwinner state, which pointed fingers if people hadn't, for example, got so much investment in their own career that they have a superannuation fund or that someone is out of the workforce. I know many women who perhaps have a child with mental illness, for example, and they've stepped back from the workforce. To have a society where you begin to have stigma 
around not being in the paid workforce, not recognising that care is a, a very important form of work. So to have a, that sort of society of the universal breadwinner is insufficient. It's not going to deliver justice for women. It's not going to deliver good care for everyone. If you move across to another idea, you need to break down, we haven't discussed this yet, but one of the fundamental problems for women is that they are the ones expected as a gender to provide all the unpaid cares expected, usually in families, that they will do more of it and perhaps most of it or even all of it. So that's going to impact them if that partnership or marriage breaks up. It's going to impact them in terms of how they make ends meet in old age. So we need to break down the sense that it is only women who can deliver care. And so when I say universal caregiver state, I mean everyone has a responsibility to give care and we need to fairly redistribute care. So it's not just a matter of recognising and saying, gosh, women have got it tough or, gee, they're doing a lot, and then make some strange reference to being a superwoman or something. So the two words, care and feminism, you have to have both elements. One's the emphasis on care and the other is an emphasis on the justice embedded in the word feminism. That's Anne Mann, the writer and social critic. To read up on all things care-related, you can check out Anne's essay for the monthly, Making Women's Unpaid Work Count. ABC RN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.